transmitting live from our studios in downtown New Haven. Welcome to Good Morning with Jose Antonio, presented by 103.5 FM, WNHH, newhavenindependent.org. And here's your host, Jose Antonio. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Tilly and Tilly, and good morning all out there on listening on the airwaves and the stratosphere everywhere you are. It is November 18th. We are less than a week away from Turkey Day. And everyone, I think, is probably starting vacation today. I mean, even though people are going to work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, not much is going to get done. I think this is going to be, from here on out, it's like uh, we predict the most uh, unproductive days are going to take place from here on out. So shout out to everybody who's making it. Good morning. I'm Jose Antonio. We're doing this uh, one more time, oh, a couple more times. Uh, I'm reaching the end of my stint here. As you can tell, when you're reaching the end, everything starts dropping like flies and People try to derail you, but you know what? We stay. I stay focused until the end. Um, I'm going to be leaving here in a couple of weeks. I'll be joining WYBC on a Friday night dance party. Um, uh, just a lot of a slew of good things that happen. Let's co- let's start off with the weather. Let's start off with the weather. I'm just going to kick right, get right into it because there's no no thing. It was a chilly morning today. It was only 32 degrees. It was a nippy. Uh, the high today is not going to get any better. Only 43 degrees going to be your high. It's going to be a little windy throughout the day. Six, you know, six to 12 mile per hour wind, especially during the afternoon. Windy, especially during the afternoon. Winds will die down again, but not that much. Still, that 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 nippy, 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 nippy breeze. And that's because there's a big storm coming. Big storm. We're looking at we're looking at Buffalo. Buffalo is expecting five feet. Buffalo is expecting five feet this weekend. Uh, the NFL's on standby with that game. Uh, the the uh, Browns and the um, uh, Bills are supposed to play in Buffalo, but there's gonna they're expecting a ton of snow, a ton of snow up there, and they are going to move the game to Cleveland. They're going to move it to Cleveland if they cannot get it cleaned fast enough. Cleveland, if they cannot get it <laughs> cleaned fast enough, five feet of snow. I doubt they'll do that. Uh, but you're right here, we're not expecting that much uh, uh, in, in uh, regards to precipitation over the weekend. But it was a cold one this morning. Uh, get those uh, seat warmers and your car started before you get out the house. Last night had an NFL. It was a great game. The Titans uh, surged past the Packers. I mean, Derrick Henry last night looked like a stud. The game is officially moved to Detroit. Okay. So game is officially moved to Detroit. Thanks, Tillian. Um, it, it was, they were up in the air about it, but I guess that the game is moved to Detroit or Cleveland. I don't know. I thought that was a Cleveland game. I don't know how they moved it to Detroit, but we'll figure that one out. Um, here we go. So Titans passed Titans beat up on the Packers last night. Uh, Aaron Rodgers last night looked like a, a, a man of his age, uh, on the, uh, the gridiron last night. Couple of miscues there by the Packers. They stood in there. Um, they're staying. They're staying in there. Um, okay, I see it now. Browns built game moved to Detroit. Here we go. The NFL announced Thursday that Sunday's game between the Cleveland Browns and Buffalo Bills had been moved from Buffalo to Detroit's Ford Field due to snowstorm scheduled to hit Western New York. Wow. Due to public safety concerns and out of abundance in the caution of light on ongoing weather emergency in Western New York, Sunday's game, Cleveland Browns. That changed the lines. 
Cleveland Browns versus Buffalo Bills. People were saying this was going to be a low-scoring affair, but things have changed now. Cleveland is going to be it's going to be nice and going to be cold, crisp. But just like last night, that ball can be thrown in cold weather, and they moved it to Ford Field um, from Buffalo because I guess that's the closest place between is between the two. Very good. All right, so that's the NFL. And last night, let me tell you, Derrick Henry ran all over. The Titans might be a mediocre team, but Derrick Henry is a talent. Good lord, man! He would the stiff arming, pushing, I, and the Titans have this 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 record, this 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 thing going this season when they're in the red zone and they're one on first downs in the red zone. Oh, Bills played Detroit on Thanksgiving. Got you. Thank you, Tillian. When the when the Titans are in the red zone and they're on first down, first and goal, they are like ten and ten on scoring a touchdown on first and goal. That is an amazing feat to have in the NFL that is almost guaranteed on your first and goal that you're going to score um, on, on that first down, which is amazing. Scoring To have scored on your first down at least 10 times under 10 yards is pretty impressive, and it all has to do with that offensive line. Uh, Derrick Henry also threw for a touchdown. <laughs> Not enough. Not enough to run all over the Packers, stomp on their faces, there was, there was a cheese all over those cleats. <laughs> he actually threw for another pass. So Derrick Henry doing it all. He handed the ball off, too. I saw in a Wildcat situation, Derrick Henry took the ball and passed it off. Derrick Henry is a beast, a beast of a player. And you can see what he's single-handedly are keeping the Titans in some kind of contention. I don't know how good the contention is. Um, the only game that I'm interested in this week is I'm, I am going to the Giants-Detroit game uh, to check that out. Uh uh, this weekend. All right, all right, all right. Uh, in other news, in other news. So yes, we're we're talking here the 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 potential potential potentially historic snowstorms bearing down on New York State, bringing treacherous snowfall that could damage infrastructure. I mean, this is this thing that's coming down here this weekend is big. Thursday's heavy snow that has pounded Thursday's heavy snowfall that has pounded parts of Western New York will persist into Friday. When the worst of the potentially historic t- storm may cause trees to topple and property damage. So this storm is in full effect. Um, it will produce near zero visibility, difficult to to impossible travel. So if you're thinking of going, I, I was thinking about going, going to Niagara Falls. Not anymore. Uh, you just won't be able to do it. Areas of Lake Erie and Ontario are expecting more than three inches per hour. Three inches per hour. And let me tell you right now, Gil Simmons is probably so excited, so excited with that hashtag WW over at Newsday because he loves this kind of uh, this kind of weather. So if you're traveling up there, please be careful. Please be careful. Now, uh, the big news yesterday was Nancy Pelosi is stepping down, stepping down as the speaker for the Democratic Party in the House, stepping down. But the bigger story that came out yesterday is as we all know, the Republicans have taken control of the House. And, of course, the first thing they do here is they want to investigate President Biden. They're making it their top priority. Their top priority. That's right. After winning control of the U.S. House of Representatives, Republicans said on Thursday that investigating President Joe Biden and his family, business dealings will be their top oversight priority when they formally take power next year. That means Biden only has a 
Biden better get his legal team together. They're coming after him. James Comer, a Republican, a Kentucky Republican who is expected to chair the House Oversight and Reform Committee, told reporters that the panel will investigate bank reports and claims that anonymous whistleblowers that he said show connections between the president and the business activities of his 15-year-old businessman son, Hunter Biden. So they, that's it. They, they've got their pitchforks together and they're ready. Then they're ready to get it going. I want to be clear. This is an investigation of Joe Biden. That there, that there, that that's where the committee will focus in this next Congress. Comer told reporters. So that that is the big big news coming. I think that's bigger than Pelosi stepping down. Way bigger than Pelosi stepping down is the fact that they're already they're you know this. This next presidential election will be determined probably by this investigation because they're gonna they're gonna go in on him. I you know they're just returning the favor. Oh, you did that to that or but they do that to every president. I mean the Democrats did it to Trump. They did it to Bush. You know they try to do it. Well, they couldn't touch they couldn't touch Obama. But you know if they could, they would. If they had something, they would have done something. But then they had a, a, a good old Barack. So there you go. Um, here, here we're gonna. The, what they're really investigating is Hunter, and I were, this is MSN article here that I'm reading, Hunter Biden disclosed in December 2020 that federal prosecutors in Delaware were investigating his tax affairs. Though they did not charge him with any crime, he has denied wrongdoing. Okay, so they didn't even, so they're going to bring back all this stuff from back then. And here's another one. House Republicans probe will begin to unfold next year. A U.S. political calendar has towards a 2024 election in which Biden said he currently intends to seek re-election. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Trump was impacted twice. In, Trump was impeached twice by Congress already. We already know that. For allegedly pressuring Ukraine President Zelensky to investigate Biden and his son ahead of the 2020 presidential election. And once over, the January 6th assault on the Capitol. <sighs> you know, no matter who's sitting president, you're still going to have a target on your back. You're not going to make anybody happy. It's, it's improbable that you can make any one person happy, let alone anyone happy. Another news here that I've been reading this morning, catching up people on is we all know about Brittany Griner, right? Who's uh, been arrested or is now incarcerated in Russia. But now it's, it's well, it's, it's, it's so sad. Um, she has been transferred to a penal colony in Western Russia. Her lawyers say, I mean, in Wipino colony in Western Russia, I'm assuming they sent her to Siberia or somewhere like that. That is like inhospitable to begin with. American basketball star Brittany Griner has been transferred to a penal colony in Yavas in the Western region of Mardovia. Her lawyers said there's ending days of speculation of her whereabouts. Wow. They can even find her. First, on behalf of Brittany, we would like to thank everyone who has expressed care for her, with, um, which was said in a statement. We can confirm that Brittany began serving her sentence in IK-2 in Mordovia. Uh, that is so sad. That is amazing that she is still surviving while being incarcerated but those harsh conditions i've been watching youtube videos on like russian jails or the worst jails in russia there is no nice jail in russia there is no jail in russia that is like for human beings 
So it, it, I, I can only imagine the conditions that she is being put in. Um, there, you know, they, I can, she is. I don't know how long this is going to take or what it's going to take to free her, but it's pretty obvious that America does not intend to do much through, or especially in the in the front channels on bringing this young lady home. And I hope that you know I pray for her family and her well being, and that she gets way way better. Um, and something happens, and something happens uh, positive in her life. Now uh, back to America. This is a, a, a again, again. A, as soon as as soon as these the Republicans got you know they got a little you know what I'm saying they got a little power they doing what they got to do. Uh, all of a sudden now there's all kinds of investigations going to be happening. So now, Marjorie Taylor Greene, who we all love, uh, unveils, unveiled a resolution to audit Ukraine aid funds. I mean, technically, yeah. I mean, I'm already upset that they already put, you know, I mean, how many billions? They put enough money in Ukraine within the past year to eradicate uh, hunger in America. So it, it, you can imagine how much money was spent over there that could have been spent here in our schools and, and in infrastructure and upgrading, but we're not. We're we're over there. So House Repu- House Republicans, critical of U.S. assistance to Ukraine during its war with Russia, introduced a privileged resolution on Thursday to audit the funds allocated by Congress. The resolution is being led by Representative Ma- Marjorie Marjorie Taylor Greene from Georgia, and backed by a group of GOP lawmakers, House and Senate lawmakers. From both sides of the aisle, support the continued U.S. assistance to Ukraine. They are saying that these colleagues are part of a minority fringe group. Uh-huh. Isn't it always? But the resolution calls for preserving administrative documents and communications between Ukraine funding distribution. Speaks to other criticisms among some Republican lawmakers who support aid to Ukraine, but say more oversight is needed. Okay, but I mean, this fringe group, this is a fringe group of Republicans already trying to, you know, keep tabs on the spending that we're doing, um, you know, over here in Ukraine. Okay, so this is what's happened so far. The Biden administration has provided more than 20 billion, 20 billion in military assistance to Kiev, as well as about 10 billion more. And humanitarian assistance and about 12 billion in economic assistance. And President Biden has called Congress to earmark more, more 37.7 billions in additional fund. So let's do this math here. Uh, that's 30, 43 and an, almost 70 billion dollars have been spent on Ukraine. 70 billion dollars spent on ukraine wow and you're talking about the feds are just printing the feds printing money <laughs> to take care of covid and they still and obviously the government still printing money to uh take care of this war which i, I don't know how it's going to end or which way it's going to go I, I i all i know is that it's is now going to the point where where could what could we have done with 70 billion dollars here in the United States. I mean, what kind of afflictions could we have alleviated? It's interesting how when it comes to war, money comes out of everyone's pocket. But when it comes to eradicating a certain uh, 
something that's afflicting our neighborhoods or cities, it, it takes forever. It's, there's no bipartisanship, nothing, nothing, nothing. But I digress. Good luck in Ukraine. I hope everything is better. This is 103.5 FM WNHH. Now, let's get back to Good Morning with Jose Antonio. right that's right you're listening to good morning with old man yeah we are here we are ladies and gentlemen we're still here doing it we're kicking and kicking and screaming Harry Dross is going to have to drag me out of this booth. I'm holding on to this microphone. He is not going to try. I mean, yesterday he tried to talk me out of not coming back. Because I guess, he, you know, I was being vulnerable around him. And he just thought that, you know, is today your last day? It might be. It might just be my last day. My last day. No, it's not. It's not going to do that. Uh, last, a couple of days ago, we mentioned here a story that was pretty interesting uh, where the law, Brian Laudry's Brian Laundrie was involved in a heinous crime uh, where he admitted of killing his girlfriend during a cross-country trip. Uh, the, the Jeopardy used this uh, horrendous crime as like a setup to one of their answers. So the Laundrie family was suing. It's going to be suing them um, over that. And I was wondering why. Why, why would Laundrie's family be so desperate? Well, it's because Gabby Petito's family was awarded the young lady who died who was actually the victim family was awarded $3 million in a wrongful death lawsuit against Brian Laudry's estate for, for people that don't know, uh, Brian Laudry and Gabby Petito were going cross country, um, over last year. And, um, next thing you know that, uh, she, he came back, but she did not. And he went straight to his parents' house. So now the Petito family, the Gabby's family is saying that the parents, his parents knew what it was up to because somehow, somewhere, they tipped off the where they found his body because he had committed suicide almost a week later. Okay, so it was like it was pretty interesting that they knew exactly where to look for when when he was missing, and you know, and they pieced it together. So they on they were seeking thirty thousand dollars in damages, but they, they were awarded three million dollars, which is an arbitrary number. There is going to be a civil lawsuit, a civil case that's going to take place in regards. This is a very interesting case. 
Um, you know, it, it's it's just so interesting because I, I travel all across the country and uh, I do cross country trips and stuff. But this was one of the most uh, interesting ones because I was around Yellowstone around the same time these people were. Good morning, Tiana Leo Casio. How you doing? Good morning, Tiana. How you doing? We Tiana's also a, a camper. Tiana Lee is always hiking, going some places. She's always doing things. Tiana, I see you. We're we we we're back. We're outdoors people also. Uh, always into hiking. But the lawsuit claimed that Laundry intentionally killed 22 year old traveler blogger as a direct result of his conduct. The mother and father of Petitos. Nicole Schmidt and Joseph Petito incurred funeral and burial expenses that have suffered a loss in comfort, suffered a loss of probable future companionship, society, and comfort. The complaint was seeking $30,000. It was filed and made by, the, by Schmidt and the administrator of Petit, Petito's estate against Barry Spivey, the court-appointed curator Laundry's estate, reached for comment at the time Spivey said that he was acting in a very limited role. So the good thing is about this is that Petito, the family has created a fund. So if they do receive any money from this lawsuit, they're going to um, her fund and that Petito has set up the foundation is for domestic violence. Um, you know, and so that's what it is. So um, the P Gabby Petito Foundation, which was formed by her family after her death to help fight domestic violence and find missing persons. So the money is going to go to good use. It is a, such a sad story. Sad story because, you know, when you're thinking of cross country and vacationing, you don't, you know, you don't think of something this horrendous happening. Um, but, but, you know, to that, to that effect, Go, uh, my condolences and my prayers go out to the Petito family. Hope everything goes well, goes well, goes well. I need to break this up right now. So uh, let's just do this. My goodness, yes, this is good morning. I'm Jose. Um, if you got a birthday today, happy birthday, happy birthday to you. Um, if you do have a birthday, you share with a, a you know, pretty interesting people today, actually. Uh, Damon Wayne's Jr. says, Birthday, happy birthday, fabulous, fab from um, fab is 45. Man, I remember when fab was like an 18 year old rapper back in it. No, man, I'm aging myself. Uh, Megan Kelly, Mike Epps. Owen Wilson, Gary Sheffield, big, big, big baseball player. Mr. Warren Moon, Warren Moon, Mr. Shotgun for an arm. And of and Don Cherry. <laughs> People are like, who's that? Oh, and Kevin Nealon. I know who Kevin Nealon is. Funny man, Kevin Nealon. Uh, there's so much going on on entertainment this, today. So much going on uh, that this is, <laughs> I, I don't know, even know where to start. Where to start? Um, Grey's Anatomy fans, for those who are into Grey's Anatomy, uh, you're like a Rhonda, you know, you're a Rhonda, a Rhonda supporter, um, which I assume many people are. Um, 
I don't I don't know who does not know of or ever heard of Grey's Anatomy. But Elen Pompeo is bidding farewell after 19th season. In a good pie post on Instagram, the actress said she's internally grateful and humbled by the love and support of the fans. She'll appear on only eight episodes in the current season on the popular show, but is expected to continue narrating the episode and execute for producing them. So there it is, Ellen Pompeo stepping down after all these years. Tiana Lee is stepping in and said, what a sad story. I am glad they will use the tragedy to promote awareness and help other victims of domestic violence. Yes, that's in regards to Petito's uh, uh, lawsuit there for, for, you know, with the award of 30 million going to a good cause. Uh, it's so sad that that does happen every day. But we have uh, Ellen Papeo leaving. I mean, to be honest with you, it's it, this this is one of the longest running shows right now on television. Uh, I, I, you know, it's, it's wildly successful. I left Grey's Anatomy maybe after season five. I don't know if it was after McSteamy, McDreamy uh, feud, but I haven't been around. And I hope I'm calling the right people for this one, but I haven't been around for any of that in a long time. Long time, long, long time. Oh my God! You know I'm all about T Swizzle. I ain't gonna lie, I ain't gonna lie. I am T Swizzle. I'm a T, and by by that I mean Taylor Swift. I'm a Taylor Swift fan. I love me some T Swizzle. I'm all about the T. Uh, I'll give you a T Swizzle story. That why I love her so much. Um, uh, T Swizzle. A year ago or two, no, more like three years ago now. Man, time flies. SNL had Taylor Swift. And I said, I want to see Taylor Swift because there's no way, no way I'm going to be able to buy a ticket that's even decent to it. And I'm not going to a concert. But she was on SNL. So she, it combines my two passions. I spent a night overnight out in line trying to get in to SNL. Got free, got a ticket. Uh, Taylor Swift sent out pizzas to everybody that was waiting in line. She sent out like 20, 30 pizzas to the SNL line. I will never forget that. Uh, wonderful story. But now she's got a new album, her new song, Antihero, my favorite. If I would have done karaoke last night, I was actually practicing at home. I was going to do Antihero at karaoke because that's that's how, yes, that's I'm a big fan. But now Taylor Swift, Ticketmaster cancels ticket sales. She was supposed to sell tickets. This Friday, Ticketmaster has given up on trying to keep order in the world of Taylor Swift and has canceled Friday's general ticket sale altogether. The conglomerate, which is which has a seeming monopoly on ticket sales in large venues across America, got torched after pre-sale earlier this week resulted in tens of thousands of complaints and scores of people unable to get tickets after hours online. Ticketmaster treated the word of canceled sale on Thursday afternoon, saying there's insufficient inventory for dozens of stadium shows. It did not offer or try to explain what would happen to whatever tickets are left. And this is their tweet. Quote, this is what they tell Ticketmaster tells people. So the same thing. Due to extraordinary high demand on ticketing system and insufficient remaining ticket inventory to meet that demand, tomorrow's public on sale for Taylor Swift, the Evers tour has been canceled. Now, there is now word that there's going to be a lawsuit 
an antitrust lawsuit because of their, their they are a monopoly on the system. I am not a big fan of Ticketmaster or any of these venues because it is very difficult for you to be a bot to the ticket sales. So when you when they first post a ticket for sale, everyone can go online and purchase what they want. But there are resellers out there that their only job is to soak up any ticket that's on the market. So if you try to go to the venue itself, you notice that a majority of the time those tickets are all sold out. But you'll be able to find tickets on a market for that concert, but it's being sold by either a person or a company or some other second entity that's not not directly linked to the venue or the artist. And that is my biggest problem. So it looks like that's what happened. The bots went in on the Taylor Swift ticketing, shutting out essentially human beings. So if a bot goes in and you got a million dollars and that bot goes in and buys all those tickets, what they do is like a week or two weeks later, you will see those tickets pop back up on the resale market for up to 10 to 15 times, 20 times what they're worth. It's a, it's a, a, a it's worse than scalping. I'd rather, I'd rather buy tickets. You know what? Yes, I'd rather buy tickets from a scalper than, than dealing with, with, with all these uh, you know, uh, secondhand, thirdhand market sellers out there that are trying to just flip the, you know, it's a quick flip, quick flip. I mean, I can see if you had season tickets to the Giants. That's the only understand, understanding I have. If you have season tickets to a sporting team, I can see you then selling your tickets that you don't want or you know there's a big game that's you can sell the ticket and cover the cost for the entire season that I can see you doing. But when you have these other, you know, you know, I don't know, it's the stub hubs of the world. I, I can't even, I don't know which, I'm not going to get specific on them, but you have these other entities that go in there, they send a bot in, the bot buys everything out. Next thing you know, that same T-Swizzle ticket, the same T-Swizzle ticket that can be only like $59.99, all of a sudden balloons to $250. i am not for it. I am so against it. Um, but let me tell you right now, I would. All that said, I still go see. I will still go see T Swizzle. <laughs> I will see. I will see T Swizzle on my own. All right, everyone knows Aquaman, Jason Momoa, right? Chiseled body. You know, my wife has a poster in my bedroom of him. It's very, very, uh, very concerning for me right now in our relationship to see Jason Momoa every morning. But he's blasted. In a full-page USA Today ad for climate hypocrisy, Jason Momoa is being called a hypocrite for his stance on the environment. The Center for Organizational Research and Educational and Education Corps took out a full-page ad in USA Today on Thursdays with the headline, Does Momoa Care About the Planet or Profits? Now, get off of Jason Momoa. He's He just had a, a bad breakup. I think, Halle, I think it was dealing Halle Berry. Halle Berry. Halle Berry broke his heart. I don't know who he was dating, but he was all in his feelings wearing knit sweaters and, and living. He, I think he went and did it like a sabbatical. He went to a cabin somewhere in the woods after his, they broke up. So now he's getting, not only did he get canned by his girlfriend, but now they, they're turning on him. Uh, the text ad reads, uh, Jason Momoa's new movie Slumberland 
may have been may have him dreaming if he believes canned water will help the planet. He might make money off cans, but the planet will suffer. The ad directs readers to a website, Moronic Momoa. And in the exclusive statement to Fox Digital, Richard Berman, the executive director of CORE, says Aquaman Star is profiting by demonizing plastic water bottles and promoting his own aluminum can water company. Berman says the aluminum cans actually produce more greenhouse gas emissions than regular plastic bottles. When someone says he should do away with plastic water bottles and replace them with aluminum, they're actually making the environment worse. All right. So this is going to be a, a this is uh, basically he's canning water. That's what we come down to. This is how they're going to they're going to make money off of you. They, he's going to was going to can water and maybe put his sexy face on top of the can and then people was going to buy it. I don't think people didn't really care what the water tastes like or where it came from or where the can is. They're just buying some Momoa water and that's all that people care about. Um, uh <laughs> Uh, and I, and my question is, wouldn't, wouldn't it be better uh, for the environment if we just didn't put water in any container? Um, we can, like, fix our filtration systems in our city because that's the only difference between filter, you know, the filtered water you get in a bottle to the one that you get from the city is, is you know, no different. Maybe some cities' filtration system is better than some of the, the water that's bottled because you, you don't know where that bottle water is from. Uh, some water comes from New Jersey. So if the water is coming from New Jersey, I'm, and I travel all over the world, and I'm telling you right now, New Haven, Connecticut, is probably the best water in the world. You would think that, uh, uh, you know, but that's all marketing. It's all marketing because I will not drink water in the Midwest. You, will, you cannot, I don't even want ice cubes. And we're talking about this country. You know, if you go to the Midwest and you try to drink their water for some reason in, in, in Arizona and New Mexico, their water tastes a little bit different. Uh, there's just some waters in this country that I wouldn't even, tr- I don't trust. But Connecticut, the, all the fluoride that they put in the one that comes, look out, look at my teeth. People wonder like, oh my God, Jose, you got great teeth. Yes, because I was born and raised in New Haven where they put the fluoride in that water. And got my pearly whites whiter than white. Um, but yeah, he is definitely going to be profiting. What's he gonna do with those profits? Who cares? He's probably gonna, you know, he's probably gonna get a bigger pool. <laughs> that, that's what Jason's gonna do. He's gonna get a, a bigger pool. <laughs> oh, okay, it was Lisa Benet. It was Lisa Benet. That's right. I knew it was somebody that, that from from my childhood. Lisa Benet is the one that broke his heart. <laughs> Poor Jason. Jason was he was all in his feelings. You should have seen some of the pictures that. He was posting. He he bought a he bought like a travel van and started going cross country by himself after Lisa Bonet left him. But now people are actually going to leave him altogether. Um, wow, I don't know. I I lived in an age where I saw the advent of the cell phone and bottled water, and I don't know which one's worse for society. <laughs> I don't. I really don't know. You tell me right now, what do you think was worse for society? Cell phones or bottled water? Because these things, both of these made things more accessible to people. Both of them. All right. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is uh, has an HBO special. It's going to premiere Saturday. Going to be checking that out. Uh, I see Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick Lamar has got a new, new 
new, 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 new stuff uh, for, and it's called Rich Spirit. Rich Spirit, and I'm looking forward to that album to from Kanye, um, from Kendrick Lamar. Well, today is November 18th, 2022, and in this day in 1949, this day in 1949, I am Jose. Um uh, you can buy a gallon of water for less than a 12-ounce polar spring. Yeah, yeah, I, I saw that, Tillian. I, I, I agree with you. It's, it's weird how some waters are more expensive than others, and I just don't I, – and I, I don't like distilled water. <laughs> I like filtered water. Distilled water is like – I think that's a waste of energy. you distilling water. You, you know, it just doesn't – anyway – Jackie Robinson, in this day in 1949, this day in 1949, Jackie Robinson of the Brooklyn Dodgers was named National League MVP. So on this day, Jackie Robinson, who we all know who he is, uh, broke barriers, all kinds of barriers, but was an excellent baseball player. I mean, I I guess the sad part is you do got to be like the best of the best at that time to even crack that ceiling. And Jackie Robinson did that. So that is that is today's uh, African-American uh, moment in history. Uh, Jackie Robinson. Man, man doing that. And it wasn't, um, who was in that movie with him? He, there was a recent remake, 42. And I'm still yet to see that. So I'm going to make a point today to watch 42. Uh, New York businesses receive racist cartoon in the mail, okay? Uh a New York City restaurant owner is trying to find out who is responsible for racist cartoons that have been showing up in his business mailbox. Daryl Lely, who owns Seafood Kings with a Z, you know, you could tell. You could tell who owns it. He put a Z on that. <laughs> Seafood Kings in Brooklyn says he and other local owners have received threatening letters, threatening letters from Despite the racial, st- oh, wait, 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 says that he and other local owners have received threatening letters, including offensive cartoons depicting racial stereotypes. He told NY1, life is too short to waste time to instill fear through letter and papers. We're here. We're not going anywhere. We're going to stay right here. He plans to file a complaint with the police. In organizing a rally effective effective uh, against hate. That is unfortunate. I mean, it, it, does it happen? Yes. Does it happen often? Uh, maybe. The, the fact that it's still happening in today's day and age, uh, that is, I think, the, the, the most shocking thing. I don't understand how this is still occurring after all this time and all, this, all these years. This kind of incident still takes place in in this country. It is very unfortunate. Um, but I say, you know what I'm saying? My man, keep going. Keep doing it. Uh, I'm glad that that stuff doesn't really happen. That stuff does not happen in New Haven. I don't think it can. I'm still amazed that it happens in New York. But there's it's such a, uh, I guess New York is so, so much diverse. But that, it, I mean, come on. Why would you even be mad at somebody that's selling, that's, his title, Seafood Kings with a Z. Don't you know how big that is? Oh, he's, he's got he's got tilapias with a Z. You know, I'm telling you, this that is unfortunate. All right, local rating show CBS winning in black households. All right. I, and, I, and, and so this is from The Root. 
Uh, new data shows that CBS is the top rated broadcast network amongst black viewers. What? You know, chime in right now on Facebook if you're telling me right now, what is your favorite? What is, who is amongst the, what is your favorite channel? Is it CBS, NBC? I don't know. According to The Root, reports that Nielsen latest set of rating numbers from September 19th through the November 6th showed that CBS leads in black households with more than two people with eight of the top 10 shows. Some of those top rated titles include The Neighborhood, Bob Harris, oh, Bob Hart's <laughs> Bashola, and Queen Latifah's The Equalizer in East New York. <laughs> Tillian jumped on it. Tillian jumped on it. He said The Equalizer is the reason. <laughs> Tillian called it. Tillian called it The Equalizer. With Queen Latifah, and then you know, the the thing is too. Now you're watching it. You're gonna leave it on the channel, and you're not you're not gonna start looking around for other things. So, uh, what is your favorite channel? I see Harry uh, Harry jokes here. That's got he likes Fox. Uh, Tillian says ESPN. Uh, oh, oh, Harry likes Fox for nine one one. This is not nine one one with um. With, is Angela Bassett on that one? On nine one one, she's on. I don't know. It was one of those those shows, um, but still, what is your favorite show? What is your favorite channel? What have you been watching lately? I'm a I'm a CNBC guy. I'm a CNBC guy. I think I spend more time there than anywhere else. And then I get all my other information from YouTube, um, secondhand from people that don't know what they're talking about. Uh, but outside of that, that you know, and I, and I and I watch CNBC. Uh, I watch CNBC News, and it's not even for um, for the information, but what not to do. I watch CNBC to to what not to do with my money. I, I do not trust anyone on CNBC because it, I, I, I like when YouTubers go back and they tell you uh, how often Kramer's been right. And how, how, let me tell you all that. The biggest news of the morning. I'm gonna. I'm gonna after this, after these couple of songs, I'm going to play Big News of the Morning, Big News of the Morning, R.I.P. Twitter, R.I.P. Twitter. I mean, I can't, can't imagine that.
but it would be nothing, nothing without a woman or a girl. You see. I'm sitting right here, still here. This is Good Morning with Jose Antonio uh, doing my thing. It is still Thursday the 18th. It's going to be nippy out there. It is it is cold out there. Cold, cold, cold out there. Um, freezing. Uh, get your car started up. It's only like 30 degrees. High today, only in the 40s. Good luck with that. It's going to be windy all day. Really windy around uh, 3 o'clock, 2 o'clock today. Um, up to 15 miles an hour. If you're headed up to Buffalo, good luck with that. Uh, I will cancel that flight immediately. One of the bigger things that happened last night overnight that I, I was checking out here is uh, um, uh, Elon Daddy, big dog Elon Daddy, had a, a an issue, an issue with Twitter last night. Uh, I think that the Twitter went down. Twitter went down last night. And next thing you... Next thing you know, what's trending? Number one trending. Hashtag RIP Twitter. So people are like, people are already saying they gotta they they they're opening their accounts on Tumblr because they're gonna everyone is expecting Twitter to just die. I guess Twitter went down and people are like relishing in the fact that a billionaire's product is going down. And some of these tweets were hilarious this morning, uh knocking on <laughs> knocking on Elon Musk. Here's just one. Just in case the site goes down, this is uh, at Rocco Doba Boy, R-O-C-C-O-D-A-B-O-Y. Just in case it goes, just in case this site goes down, my name is Walter Hartel White. I live at 308 Negro Arroyo Lane, Albuquerque, New Mexico. <laughs> to all law enforcement entities, this is not an admission of guilt. I am speaking <laughs> to my family now. RIP Twitter, hashtag goodbye Twitter. <laughs> oh my god papa elon so it's like uh they got they got another one here ex-twitter employees pitching investors next week <laughs> literally just twitter without elon <laughs> mustering one of the biggest sites on the internet into a creator within a month <laughs> i never want to hear anyone call him other than a dip ever again <laughs> yo they are going in on this guy Twitter, 2006 to 2022, killed by Elon Musk, RIP. That's a great gravestone on winkprogress.com. Wink Progress, that was funny. Hilarious. There are, you know, it's like, uh, ugh, end of an era. <laughs> they got a little bird saying, this is fine in fire. The house is on fire. 
Here's a picture of the people playing um, the violin as the Titanic goes down. It's been a, and they, Toby, the Scranton Strangler, uh, at Oh Hell Now. It's been a pleasure tweeting with y'all for the past 13 years. <laughs> oh my goodness. So that was the leading hashtag out of Twitter. Uh, I mean, it is sad. Do you even tweet? Does anyone even tweet anymore? Does, do you even bother going out and doing something? I don't I don't know. What social media are you using? I feel like people are leaving Facebook too by the the by huge numbers. Huge numbers. I think people are leaving Facebook. I don't see people on Facebook as often either. I see people on Facebook once a week now as opposed to every day. There are still people that are in there every day for some reason, but uh, most people that are younger, you know, I will say my daughter is on TikTok, but she doesn't even communicate on TikTok. She doesn't share. She goes there. For, that's her source of information and entertainment now is TikTok. Uh, and for other people, it's Snapchat still. But it's definitely no longer Facebook. And right now, with the way that Twitter is going, I don't see it being Twitter at all. Uh, man, let me tell you, the second tr- trending thing on Twitter is Elon himself. You know what I'm saying? You know, it, it's funny. Here's a, a lady said, I'm not checking Twitter anymore. Find me on Instagram or subscribe to my newsletter. I'm not even... Uh, Elon University, oh my God, Elon University, get out of here. You're talking about scams. Elon University is a pre- premier student-centered learning environment, preparing graduates to be ethical leaders the world needs. I, I Really, Elon University, that's 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 just as scary as Trump University. Remember that thing? Get out of here. Oh my God, three weeks later, there's a before and after of, of a SpongeBob explosion. <laughs> People are going rogue here on the Twitter thing. And we just, oh my God. And then, and then of course, eight hours ago, and, and we just hit another all-time high in Twitter usage, LOL. <laughs> Elon Musk, do you, your, your site crashing should not, should not be what you're celebrating for because people flock to it. Yeah, people flock to it because it's down. They want to see it down. They want to, you know, say for themselves. Oh my God. <laughs> The Lincoln Project asks, Elon Musk, have you tried turning it off and on again? <laughs> that's how he, That's what we're down to, to trying to fix Twitter. You trying to, <laughs> to take it out, apply, blow into it, take the cartridge out, put the cartridge back in, you know what I'm saying, press the power, and then let's see what happens. Let's see if Twitter can go. Oh, my God. Wall Street Silver, one of these Wall Street, uh, Wall Street Silv, one of these uh, Reddit people, if Twitter can lose all that staff is still function. How much of the staff was dead weight? Uh, don't hire replacement staff in California. Move HQ out of San Francisco to more affordable state. Rebuild new org away from the cesspool new culture. That has happened a lot, too, in um, San Francisco Valley, if you're into technology. A lot of people have been moving away from them and uh, going um, to... Uh, uh, to like he moved uh, Tesla to Texas. He moved Tesla to Texas, and he probably is going to end up doing the same thing with uh, with with uh, Twitter. Because when I went to the Twitter thing, it, Twitter headquarters in San Francisco, it is a very swanky dig in the middle of downtown. I can only imagine how much they're paying for that big building. That Twitter headquarters, it is huge. And when I went there, I thought it was very frivolous because. They had a cereal bar as you walked in. You walk into Twitter, 
And you, the first thing you see, you know, you go through the front desk, but then you go into this open area where there's free cereal, there's yogurt, there, there's ice cream bars, there's there was all kinds of stuff. And I'm thinking, wow, do, does anyone actually work here? Because this is all delicious stuff, and I probably wouldn't be working if I had all this distraction around me. I need constant distractions. And I'm sure that he got rid of all that. I mean, the first thing that went was the cereal bar. And 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 then the and then the employees came afterwards. So that was the thing about uh, Twitter last night. Twitter last night went down. And if uh, you're still on that site or even care about it, uh, <laughs> which I don't think many people do anymore, uh, that that is the most unfortunate thing that has happened. Um, here we go. Today is. Mickey Mouse Day is the birthday of everyone's favorite mouse. Mickey Mouse, Mortimer, Mortimer Mouse, then renamed Mickey. Uh, yeah, I wonder how old Mickey is. Jeez, Mickey's old. I don't know. Which rendition of Mickey, you know, is, is a Steamboat Willie? Because that was a real, like, first Mickey Mouse. Before that, he was Mortimer Mouse. And uh, in the the the, the how did how did the mouse come about? Walt Disney, when he first made a cartoon, his, one of his first productions was actually Felix the Cat. Felix the Cat was one of the first creations that Walt Disney was a part of, and uh, you know through you know all kinds of instances, he lost he lost the rights to Felix the Cat, lost everything, then and then disassociated for him. Then so in retaliation to losing his grip on that caricature, he created Mortimer Mouse, who later became Mickey Mouse to take down the cat. That is an ingenious way of doing it. I'm a big Walt Disney fan. I mean, I, I, I read all kinds of stuff about him and all his, so to under, to see why he created Mickey Mouse and it was more like a vindictive move to take down his ex-employers for screwing him out of the previous creation was ingenious today is national princess day a good day to embrace to embrace your inner princess i will be doing that today i will be embracing my inner princess i'm going to be taking myself to get a mani petty and treating myself to royalty and i think that you know in this non-gender specific age that we are i think it should be both national princess and prince day at the same time so that we don't have to just you know say who is who but I am a princess. Uh, my dream would would have been to be a Disney Taino princess if I had a choice in my life um, in a row. I want to be a Taino Caribbean uh, Disney princess, which I think will never happen. Will never, never happen. Um, but if you're a princess out there, you wear your pink, you get your little uh, tiara, you get your little, your little wand, you whip it around, grant yourself a couple of wishes, uh, tell people what to do. Uh, shout out to all the daddy's little princesses that are out there. Uh, it's official. Healthy eating has been postponed to 2023. <laughs> Man, my healthy eating was postponed this whole year. I haven't been to the gym since January. I've been eating whatever I want by droves. Uh, the, the other day night, uh, I think me and Tillian went through 24 wings, like two little, two little kids in a candy store. I mean, we had just been eating whatever. But, uh, a recent survey found that 42% of respondents say that they were waiting for the new year to start eating healthy. 
and 60% of those have already started their less than healthy holiday eating habits. Those surveys say they expected to gain about five and a half pounds before New Year's Day. Are you one of them? I mean, I I actually try to diet a little bit right before Thanksgiving. So if I go to someone's house at Thanksgiving, I eat everything up. This year, I'm not doing Thanksgiving dinner, nor am I going to anyone's Thanksgiving dinner either. Uh, Just not doing it. No, not interested. Um, I'm going to order Chinese food and uh, light a fire in my fireplace and call it a day. It will be watching football for me. It's the first Thanksgiving in which I will not be traveling, which is kind of weird for me. I have not been home for Thanksgiving uh, in over 10 years or more than that, way more than that. I'm going maybe, maybe 10 years. It's the last time I had Thanksgiving in my own house. Uh, but this year, uh, since I'm not going to Puerto Rico, plus I got to be ready for Saturday's We All Side Tour at the Schubert Theater with Bill Bellamy, Tony Rock, Ryan Davis, and your host, me, Jose. So I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna go anywhere. But I, I will admit, I will have gained maybe no pounds this year because I'm already off diet. And I think that with, with the way I've been eating lately, I will be okay. Uh, Dros is already talking about cutting off his points. He's saying that he's going on a point deficiency, so he can he's racking them up for Thursday. So, <laughs> so. Drills is one of the few people that are actually going to maintain their diet and is actually going to starve himself for the next three days, four or five days, so he can eat on Thursday all he wants, uh, which is an ingenious plan. You, know, you can always bank your points and, and do it that way. All I want for Christmas is some sleep. A new survey found that people say the holidays are the most hectic time of year. How hectic? Apparently so much that 66% of y'all 66% say they want Santa to bring them more sleep this year, better sleep. The biggest reason for lack of sleep this time of year was cooking and preparing meals, which people do like that. There's moms out there that get up Wednesday morning at 3 a.m. and start working. And they don't stop until, you know, Thanksgiving dinner. Three, you know, well, I don't know if that three o'clock is late, but 12 o'clock. So shopping stress is 34%. Financial stress is 34%. And having family over is another 30%. You're, I'm, reading, I'm reading this edition here. <laughs> and it doesn't add up. <laughs> it adds up to 120%. <laughs> so I don't know how good the survey is. <laughs> it, it threw me off. But it, it, the, the, the number one stressors are preparing meals, shopping, financial and having family over um all of them for me will not be involved because i will not the you know uh shanghai on whaley avenue will be be preparing my meal getting a uh getting duck getting duck for for thanksgiving this year um and shopping stress i've already done my shopping bought myself a king size a california king size bed and uh, I think I think I'm going to get a, one of those big TVs now that Black Friday is in there. And the only financial stress I had, you know, I'm, I'm, I didn't lose sleep. I lost all of my tokens. I lost all my tokens on BlockFi because they got shut down this week. So my financial stress is that I have no finances. <laughs> the stress over. <laughs> Thank you.
Johnny Cash. Talking to me. You're a liar and you're a cheat. Oh, you know me, girl. And I don't know why. Tell me, girl, tell me why. You do these things to me. Um, because I don't know better. Mama ain't teach and mama ain't raised me right. I'm so sorry, baby girl. I ain't mean to hurt your feelings like that. I'm Jose Antonio. This is keeping I mean, I got all my shows confused. This is good morning, Jose Antonio. My last keeping in one hundred was yesterday ever made. I had a great keeping in one hundred yesterday. Keep it in 100 with Jose Canelario on all places you can find a podcast. Thank you, Harry, for putting it out there. Spotify, iTunes, you name it. I find myself even on the Amazon uh, music. If you do look up podcast, look up Keeping It 100. You can see all of my podcasts. Yesterday, I had Darnell Golson and Gary Tenney, ex-firefighter Gary Tenney, Gary Olson, ex-alderman, who currently sits on the Board of Ed. For how long, I don't know. They both had a great conversation about how we can move our community, especially in the New Hoville area, moving it forward. It is the 18th. It's Thursday. Uh, last night, I guess the, the, the news for last night was, uh, sporting-wise, was the uh, Titans. The Titans handled Green Bay. Titans handled Green Bay. Derrick Henry did everything he could to embarrass them. He ran for touchdowns. He knocked people over. He handed the ball off, even threw for a touchdown. So Derrick Henry, slow clap of the morning. Well, you are a beast. You did what you had to do. I appreciate you, bro. That was good. For those fantasy numbers were great. I think he put up like 25, 30 points on, on fantasy. That's a 20-burger from a Thursday night. That's that's leading your way to a win. Uh, not so much for me, though. And other news that that are NFL that's that has to do with the NFL that's kind of that's that's very interesting is the fact that the uh, the Buffalo Bills game the Buffalo Bills game that's supposed to take place because there is a huge thunderstorm or snowstorm that's happening right now in the Buffalo area they're expecting up to five feet of snow right now they're you know they they're expecting tomorrow today to be at least three inches an hour. Uh, conditions are going to be horrendous. The Browns-Bills game for Week 11 has been moved to Detroit's Ford Field due to the snowstorm. So, for those guys who are on FanDuel, DraftKings, you know, getting your up and unders and over and unders, you thought that you was going to be in a snowy condition, take a look at those uh, those bets, hedge them a little bit, 
The NFL announced on Thursday that Sunday's game between the Cleveland Browns and Buffalo Bills has been moved to Buffalo from Buffalo to Detroit's Ford Field due to a snowstorm scheduled to hit Western New York. Kickoff will still remain at 1 o'clock due to safety concerns and out of abundance of caution in light of an ongoing weather emergency in Western New York. The Browns-Bills game has been moved. That's according to the league, quote-unquote. It is a horrendous time out there. Horrendous time. Um, for those who don't know what's going on yesterday, Nancy Pelosi stepped down as the chair uh, of the the Democrats in the House of Representatives. Um, and and soon, as soon as that happens, of course, there's a minority fringe that is now in charge of, I don't know if there's a minority fringe, but it is a group that is now the uh, speakers and the minority fringe there's a group of Republicans up to no good already. They want to investigate Biden. And they're going to, they say here, U.S. House Republican makes investigation of Biden a type priority. As soon as they take over, after winning control of the U.S. House of Representatives, Republicans say on Thursday that investigating President Joe Biden, his family business dealings will be their top oversight priority when they formally take power next year. Representative James Comer a Kentucky Republican expected to chair the House Oversight and Reform Committee told reporters that a panel will investigate bank reports and claims by anonymous whistleblowers that he says show connections between the president and the business activities of his 15-year-old business son, Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden it was involved in, in some, uh, you know, was investigated. Here, uh, Hunter Biden in December 2020 that the federal prosecutors in Delaware were investigating his tax affairs, though they did not charge him with any crime. He has denied wrongdoing. So as it happens, when there's any kind of uh, president that people are not popular with, uh, of course, they have, there's going to be some midterm elections coming on in a couple of years. So they are really gearing up the attack on Biden because Biden has already said that he is intends to run again. In 2024, the Republicans are trying not to stack their argument against that, against a Biden re-election. Very, very sad. And in other uh, news from <laughs> Congress or the state, the, our capital, Marjorie Taylor Greene unveils resolution to audit Ukraine aid funds, okay? House Republican critical of U.S. assistance to Ukraine during its war with Russia introduced a privileged resolution on Thursday to audit the funds allocated by Congress. Now, this is a smaller group of people than the ones that are going after Biden. This is these individuals are like a fringe group of the Republican Party. The resolution is being led by Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene and backed by a group of GOP leaders, House and Senate lawmakers from both sides of the aisles, supportive of the continued U.S. assistance to Ukraine, say these colleagues are part of a minority fringe. I did the numbers. We're talking about $70 billion by the time, especially if they pass another earmark 30. So far has been 43 million. So far, 43 million. They want to earmark another 37 million to add to, for Ukraine funding. Look, you could have taken all this funding and eradicated homelessness. You could have taken all this money and eradicated uh, you know, uh, starving, you know, you could have fed everybody. 
if you would have cut a check to every American, it would have been another stimulus check that you could have gave everyone in the, in the country with that. But, you know, we feel like there are allies. We are there. We're in war. Um, the, 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 they're now, but they want to investigate where all these monies are going for. So that is very, the problem is that the people that sign on to this are very, very, uh, I don't know, uh, co-sponsor of the bill include GOP reps, Matt Gates, Barry Moore, Andrew Clyde of Georgia, Thomas Massey, Kentucky, Corey Mills of Florida. So this is a fringe right group that's now wanting to know where all the money is going into Ukraine. Um, it, it, I'll, I'll be interested to see what happens or comes out of that. If we go over to C's, um, uh, we were people were looking for Brittany Griner. Brittany Griner was arrested for taking paraphernalia or marijuana oils or THC oils into Russia. She was uh, caught at the airport, then arrested, trialed, and sentenced. Uh, for a couple of days, that she was they were looking for her, but now Brittany Griner has been transferred to a penal colony in Western Russia. Her lawyers say, okay. American basketball star Brittany Griner has been transferred to a penal colony in Yavas in the western Russian regions of Mordorva. Her lawyer said Thursday, ending days of speculations about her whereabouts. So they didn't even know who they were. Um, they want to say, the lawyers say, quote unquote, first on behalf of Whitney, we would like to thank everyone who has expressed care for, expressed care for her. They say in a statement, we can confirm that Brittany began serving. Brittany began serving. Um, so she's moving to this, uh, serving her sentence in IK2 and Mordovia. Let me tell you, anytime that you go into Western Russia, you go into very hostile lands and that's where a majority of their prisons are. I've watched YouTube videos on, uh, prison and the world and Russia does not have one decent facility in which they incarcerate people. They incarcerate people in the most deplorable conditions um and the worst you know the worst your crime there there's a jail where people only go into a five by five cage to go outside for maybe 30 minutes a day and the rest of the time they spend in their in their cells um some of these these jails don't have even facilities in in the cell they don't have you know they just have a bucket How how's that so we don't know what condition she's in but right now they are now, uh, they are aware of her whereabouts. We pray for Griner, you know, so for, I don't know what the United States is waiting for to, 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 you know, why we cannot, we can do all these things. We sent $40 billion to, to Ukraine, but we somehow cannot bring this young lady home, um, to be with her family. A couple of days ago, I know I was, uh, really talking about this. Uh, I, I broke this story about Jeopardy, right? Jeopardy had, this weird question, the answer was alligator. The question was, uh, you know, something to the effect, uh, th you know, this this person was found, you know, dismembered after he was uh, accused of killing his. And it was some weird, but it was involving Brian Laudry's and a, a murder of Gabby Petito, who they were going cross country sometime last year and. Her body was found, she was found dead, and he was later found dead in Florida after committing suicide and admitting that he killed Petito. But now, Gabby's Petito family awarded $3 million in a wrongful lawsuit against Brian Laudry's estate. 
Florida judge awarded the Petito family $3 million in a wrongful death lawsuit filed against Brian Laudry's estate. The complaint was seeking $30,000 in damages, but they got $3 million. Um, they were going to, you know, they're using the money because uh, even if they get the money, I don't know, even if they get the money, uh, it's going to be used for the um, Petito Foundation, which is going against domestic violence and missing persons. So all that money is going to go to a good cause now that it, we know what what is real, the truth, the truth. Petito's family reported her missing in 2011. She was on a cross-country road trip with Laudry. Her body was found about a week later in Wyoming's Bridger-Tenton National Forest with a coroner ruling that she had died of blunt force traumas to the head and neck with manual strangulation. And then uh, no amount of money is sufficient to compensate the Petito family for the loss of their daughter, Gabby, at the hands of Brian Laudry, the attorney, Patrick Riley, said in a statement. Brian did not have $30 million. It's an arbitrary number. Okay, so it's an arbitrary number. And again, her money will go to her foundation. Her foundation, the, the uh, oh my goodness, so sad. So sad. Gabby Petito's foundation, and it's going to go um, to fight against domestic violence. And it's just so sad. It's just a sad story. And missing persons. Uh, my my prayers go out to the family. Hopefully, now they can start getting some closure. The civil lawsuit will take place sometime in in, in next year um, against the family because the Petito family believes that the Laudry family, the parents, knew exactly what was going on and did not say a word. She's a good girl Loves her mama Loves Jesus In America too you up good morning good morning good morning we're moving on moving on moving on uh it is now 8 16 if you're not up and going yet you need to be or you should be well on your way well on your way to starting your good day it is only 30 degrees outside so if you need to go and start up your car go, go do it 
Do it right now, right now, right now, because it is freezing out there. Cold for the first day of the year here. So cold, so cold, so cold. Um, And just like that, there you go. There you go. Um, Doing so good this morning, doing so good this morning. Um, Where am I going with this? Yeah, the same thing. I do want to do a, a lot of... A lot of, a lot of New Haven stuff right now going into this 816 hour. With New Haven Hartford closing, Blue State Coffee Cafes are no more. That's right. You know, the Blue State Cafes or coffee that was, I think there was one here on State Street. And I saw one on Wall Street. And I think there was an, yet another on York. But these Blue State Coffee Shops are no more. And today at 5 p.m., the Orange Street Shop will close for good. And that, not the one on State, Orange Street. And uh, the last coffee will be served at 5 p.m. Now, on a crisp, chilly autumn Thursday, Blue State Cafe on Orange Street in New Haven was filled with customers. It will be the last day of coffee. So the last day was yesterday. That's it. They're closed. No more Blue State. If you see them around town, um, some of them are going to be taken over by G Cafe. G Cafe is taking over some of these places. Uh, yesterday afternoon, yesterday afternoon, the new city of New Haven did a turkey drive. Over 1,000 frozen turkeys went home to Fairhaven families at Thanksgiving food drive organized by New Haven Youth and Recreational Department. That's who was in charge of that one. Uh, I know that Widow Sons Lodge Number 1 came out there with the Masons and volunteered a little bit. Uh, this took place outside of John S. Martinez School. Let me tell you, they were very well organized yesterday. They had a huge line at 4 o'clock, and by... By the time I got there, like 4.15, I was like, is there anything for me to do? They were like, no. There were more volunteers there than there were people in need. Uh, but that was that's how quickly they expedited those turkeys. And let me tell you, it, it, is, it is so needed. These turkey drives are so needed. Right now, um, uh, uh, if, if you look at... Um, if you look at the way that uh, things are going uh, with... Food prices. I mean, it is amazing how much these turkeys went up. So now turkeys were one time 89 cents per pound. Remember, you should just get a turkey for some, you know, for like $10, $20, get a decent sized turkey. But now it's up to $2.29 per pound in just one year. Look at that. And with just one year, turkey prices went with bananas, 89 cents to $2.29. You he worried about the gas or price of gas. Uh, but the New Haven, you know, the other sponsors that helped this out were the New Haven Fire Department, New Haven Police Department, Firefighters Union, IAFF Local 825, Quinnipiac University, the Home Foundation, Yale University Hospitality, Yale University Office of New Haven Affairs, and 94.3 WYBC. We're all there, including the Widow Sons Lodge Number 1, because uh, I saw Graham Wilson out there. He was chucking boxes. So everyone came out and did a good job. I bumped into Brian Wingate. Fallon Thomas was there. And one of our uh, New Haven Independent reporters were there. So that you'll be able to see uh, very soon. Uh, here's a great, inter- inter- interesting story. New Haven ver- voter turnout for governor sank in 2021. Experts say, Low turnout due to lack of excitement, low stakes in 2022 Connecticut midterm elections is one of the things that that I was saying that there's just that people need 
to have something to grab onto when you have these races. This midterm was uh, very difficult to get people excited to come out. Um, you have some neighborhoods that will always, you know, but they're the more affluent neighborhoods that always come out in droves and vote in that 35, 40 percentile. But more, more the more impoverished communities, those numbers dwindle down into the teens. And, if you, and you're lucky to even get them up that high into that 15 percent percent rate. Um, according to the Office of Connecticut Secretary of State, 15,822 New Haven Democratic voters turned out for Lamont this year, a drop from 26,902. That's just voting for Lamont. There almost 11, almost 10,000 people, less thousand people went out to vote. Uh, but New Haven turned out for Republican gubernatorial candidate Stefanowski stayed around the same. So that, so it, even more Republicans came out in support of Bob. They knew they had something at stake. So the Republicans came out more. But overall, the numbers are rep- deplorable. Overall, statewide vo- voter turnout was 58%, somewhat lower than in 2018 when it reached 65%. <laughs> this is very low. Vincent Morrill, chair of the New Democratic Town Committee, said that lower Democratic turnout was due to a combination of two factors, high polling and low excitement. I don't understand what high polling means. Um, why, why would people? Okay. There. There's that. I got to get the polls because every vote is going to count in this election. That's the sentiment that Morrill said. What the polls keep showing is up 13, 12, 14 points. People see that and think, okay, it's not then imperative. I, I, I got to disagree. I got to di- polls don't matter. I mean, it's pretty evident and was proven in many, many elections already that you cannot trust, trust polls. Ask Hillary Clinton. Ask Hillary Clinton. Ask the last time people rely on polls to, to say, oh, there's a comfortable number because the polls were great. Leading up to that last month between uh, Hillary and Trump. So if you haven't learned your lesson that you cannot that I don't I don't subscribe to polls being up and people winning in that, because at the end of the day, if you look at all those campaigns, all those campaigns, maybe they were up by 14, 15 points. Those race, those races weren't won by those the, those number of points. Those the races were I think were closer than what it was. But they say overall turnout in New Haven, not great. I mean, people didn't get out the vote. I didn't see anybody. No one knocked on my doors. I only got lit drop maybe once in, in like in the whole eight months in my community. Um, you know, it's funny when when uh, Lamont was first running for governor and uh, he was coming up my street and he was there with Tony Walker. And br- I didn't see any of that this time. I didn't see any of that this time. I didn't see no street walking, no mobilization, no nothing. People literally rested on their laurels on this one and did not try to did not try to get anybody involved. And with there not being any local races on top of that, yeah, people just were not interested, not interested in this in this run. So that is the, the that was out of the a great article on the Yale News. So if you go to Yale News, New Haven vote turnout for governor sank in 2022. That's out of the Yale News. I thought that was a very good read uh that I had. Um Another good news out of New Haven, uh, 
Lucretia, Lucretia, New Haven's first recorded black resident, circa 1638, gets her corner at Elm and Orange. Now, this young lady, Ann Garrett Robinson, uh, addresses the Board of Alders along Elder Stephen Winter. Uh, let me tell you, Ann Garrett Robinson has been fighting for Lucretia for a while. She did a lot of research. She's been dropping off documentation to anyone that's willing to read and listen. But someone did is helping her acknowledge Lucretia. New Haven first recorded black resident and a slave person who worked for the New Haven Colony's first governor, the <laughs> Theophilus Eaton, um, in 1638, now has Lucretia's Corner, the northeast corner of Elm and Orange Streets, named after her to mark the fact that she once lived here. Wow. If, uh, what people, if you don't realize that back in the day, New Haven was the capital of New Haven, then later moved to Hartford. So Mr. Eaton, as the governor of New Haven, lived here. Lucretia, Lucre, Luc, Lucretia's name um, and the knowledge that black people lived in New Haven just a year after the New Haven colony was established. We live on beyond simply in a historical archive. That is big news for that acknowledgement of the first uh, African-American to be in or to be resident, resident of New Haven to be acknowledged. And that was in 1638. Man, that's a long, long time. Um, I was wondering, I was wondering why there was no one watching on Facebook. It's because we got kicked off. <laughs> and that's how it happens. Uh, New Haven. New Haven is kicking off the 28th Fantasy of Lights. I can't wait for that. That's my, one of my favorite things to do with my son. He loves all the lights down at East Rock Park. Uh, New Haven is uh, looking forward to that. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'm hoping that they have a big uh, Black Panther one this year. Someone should go do a Black Panther lighting Christmas thing out there, uh, part of it. But anyway, uh, Thursday... Mark the 28th year for the Fantasy of Lights holiday display in New Haven Lighthouse Point Park. Point Park. A drive-through lights display is a holiday tradition for thousands of families in Connecticut. And if you're one of them, if you're one of them, go down there. And I, I look forward to this. this. This brings a smile to my face just knowing that this is going to take place. This year, is the, uh, the Fantasy of Lights is presented by Goodwill of Southern Connecticut. Thank you, Goodwill. They will be open 5 to 9 on Sunday to, to Thursday, and from 5 to 10, Friday and Saturday. Admission is $10 for a car or van, $25 for buses, and $50 for full-size buses. Wow, this is an event. People come from far and wide to come and look at our beautiful Lighthouse Park. Thank you, Parks and Recs New Haven, for uh, having that all ready and to go. And I, I look forward to it. Christmas time. Looking past the turkey already. Buy turkey. I don't, I don't need you at all. I don't need you at all. Um, one of the stories I want to talk about right now is uh, Brendan Fraser. Everyone, people remember Brendan Fraser. He was um, in The Mummy. Hmm? Remember The Mummy with uh, Brendan Fraser? That was one of the, the first mummies before, I guess, The, the Rock and before... Uh, uh, who's this other guy? Uh, no, nah, everyone knows who he is. 
Anyway, Brendan Fraser, for a long time, he was the original mummy. Everyone knows. He disappeared for a long time. But now he's back with a very controversial movie called The Whale. And uh, he says that Grim, that set, says Grim History with Golden Globes means he won't attend awards even if he's nominated. For those who don't know, he is now a, a leading Oscar frontrunner for The Whale. Okay, Brendan Fraser will not, despite his high potential that he earned a nomination for his leading role in the Oscar frontrunner, The Whale. The Whale is up for an Oscar. And the 53-year-old made Hollywood comeback in a recent in a recent psychological drama, which he portrays an obese and recluse English teacher who attempts to reconnect with his estranged daughter. I am so proud and so happy to have been part of this thing. One of, uh, for those who don't know, I, I love acting. I always did, but I can never, you know, really settle myself down to really focus on it. But I was approached by a, um, a casting uh, director to go and assist the FX team with uh, the development of the fat suit that Brendan Fraser wore for the whale. The FX team is out of um, Canada. Very, very talented group of young people. A lot of them from all over the Northeast. They were working on this project all the way up in uh, Poughkeepsie, New York, where they had rented a studio. Uh, I have pictures of the fat legs in the studio and, and the apartment. They built this whole one family house um, inside of this, this hangar. And it was amazing to see how the transformation of this prosthetic fat suit from when it came in to where the way that they, uh, the FX team put in all kinds of straps and buttons and everything to actually make that suit uh, fit to form. So me and uh, Brandon would have conversations about how it fits, how it works, you know, what kind of straps, what was uncomfortable. And it was a, a dream come true. And now, I can always say that I was on the set and worked with an Oscar, hopefully Oscar-winning film. I mean, if you go out there, please go catch the whale with Brandon Fraser. Um, such a soft-spoken guy. You would think that, you know, uh, when you think of Hollywood people, you think like, you know, very loud, boisterous individuals. No, Brandon Fraser was a very soft-spoken individual. I can't explain to you how soft-spoken he is. That when you talk to him, he's like, hey, Jose, how's it going? He is just the sweetest, kindest giant I've ever met. Ever met. And that, the man is big. Man is tall. I'm 6'2". Brandon's like 6'4". Dude's a big, he's a tall dude. Tall dude. I didn't even know that. Um, but working with him and just knowing that he's up for all these awards and after all that he's gone through and finding out how sweet a gentleman he is and how kind of human being he is. I wish Brandon Frazier all the best. I hope you win it, brah. I hope the whale gets what it deserves. Uh, it's a very, very low uh, talked about film. No one's going to know about it until it's until you see that it, until it receives his Oscar nomination, you're not going to hear about the whale. The whale right now is on the, a tour for film festivals it has been shown in a couple of film festivals in europe one and one in which he attended he got a standing ovation for over five minutes because of his work on this film was so brilliant 
please go out. This is also based on the play called The Whale, which was around and it was off Broadway a couple of years ago um, before the pandemic hit. And this then it got developed into a film is about uh, dealing with uh, with weight issues and being a recluse. And it is a very, 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 very riveting film. I can't wait to see the final product. I just know when I was on set, it was a hush, hush thing. You cannot. They want this to be such a surprise. They wouldn't even let people see him in the fat suit on set. They wouldn't let anyone take a picture of him. There was no photography, nothing. You cannot take a picture of Brandon Frazier in a suit. But now that everything is out, hopefully when the, the DVD or the behind the scenes come out, uh, I know that there was an FX team there. There was a it was a 3D enhancement. So when you see him walking nude, it, that's all 3D generated. They, they spent a lot of time on the prosthetic and the, and the special effects on this movie to go ahead and give Brendan Fraser one of his premiere premiere. I don't care what you say about Brendan Fraser. I don't care no more. Call him what you want. Feel how you want about him. Brendan Fraser to me is a, is gold Hollywood gold. He did a phenomenal job. Even on set. He, he, he's so kind. He made the working there so well. They kept me on set for like 14, 15 days. I appreciate that. Um, I could have been in the movie, but I chose to go and, and uh, do something else one weekend. If it, if I did not do that, I would have had credits on this damn movie. Sometimes I'm gonna. Ha- I learn in life that sometimes you got to put your passion before people, and I failed in that moment to not put my passion before people because the weekend that I decided to step out for like two days, they used somebody else in the film that wore the same suit as I did. They wanted me to do it, but they used some other guy. But they called me right back Monday morning. with like, you know, the other guy didn't work out. We didn't like him. Come back. So by Monday morning, I was back on set. So I didn't lose my position. But passion before people is what I learned from that because I could have been in there and gotten some kind of recognition for being part of that film. I love The Whale. I, I, I really implore everybody that if you get a chance to see it, you know, you're hearing here first, your boy, Jose from New Haven has something to do with it. I'm so proud of those people and, and, and what they're doing. It is now 834. 834. Let's see what's happening local here, local yokels with the New Haven Independent. You know, you already know I got I gotta shout out Paul Bass. We're almost done here. Jeez, Jose, you did a good job. You did a good job, Jose. You didn't need no co-host. 64 apartments are okay for laundry monarch. Okay. The Avon-based developer in uh, Blanton remains of the abandoned West River Laundry Service. They're going to convert that to no longer commercial space into 64 new below-rent below apartments. Wow. That's good job. Below-rent apartments. Okay, that's on the West River. You can find that article on the newhavenindependent.org, newhavenindependent.org, for your, your local source for all your information. Uh, then you see the White's apartment sold for $34.6 million. 145, $145, the White apartment sold for $34.6 million. Tom Breen on that one. New York-based landlord team has long been active in New Haven's real estate market, added 145 more apartments to, to their uh, House Street luxury apartment complex. That's on House Street. Also on your New Haven Independent, courthouse protest targets wrongful convictions. 
a lot of wrongful convictions that have been happening a lot across the state. Uh, during Darkest Henry's 13 and a half years in prison, he would spend every possible minute at the law library with a group of nearly 15 other men who all maintained their innocence. Together, they meet for the permitted hour every Tuesday and Thursday to read about court proceedings, research their own cases, and exchange stories of pressured witness and suppressed evidence. So this is a great article here by Laura Glesby on www.newhavenindependent.org where local yokels go to get informed about their community's happenings. That is what is happening. You know what? Congratulations to Mr. Breen, who is now editor-in-chief here at, at the New Haven Independent. Paul Bass stepping down. Tom Breen is out there. And I like the way t- I've been in meeting with Tom Breen, like drills the reporter. Like, let's, let's flesh out this story. What is the angle? I, you know, and I like the way he, he's like, you know what? Nah, the angle is this. I like the way he just tells you, he's like, um, I think this is the angle. <laughs> then the reporter is like, well, how about this, this, and this? He goes, nah, I'm going to stick to what I think is the angle. Great new sense. And let me tell you, don't commit a crime in this city because Thomas Breen will find out who you did and what you did it with. That I mean, his investigative prowess is amazing. I don't know because there's a small stature. He just sneaks into places. No one even notices he's there or the fact that he's just a great investigative journalist and gets all of the information anytime he wants. Look at that. Already taken down from the billboard is our Good Morning poster. It is already taken down. They've already said goodbye to me. Harry didn't even speak to me this morning. Look at that. Harry did not even talk to me this morning. He, he's already he's already done. Everyone's done with me, and that's okay. My last day will be Wednesday. Well, next Wednesday will be my last day here. Uh, you guys, I hope you can party with me. I'm going to be taking phone calls all next week. All next week, if you got my phone number and you want to be on the radio, call me during the hours of 79. If the phone's not busy, you will get in to talk about your holiday event. So I do appreciate everyone who's out there been listening and supporting me. Even my mom in Florida, she's been listening to me too. Mom, you're so sweet. Thank you. I didn't, I apologize for being such a pain in the ass growing up. Uh, but uh, you know what? No, I don't. I'm sorry, not sorry. <laughs> sorry, not sorry, mom. Sorry, not sorry. Programming notes for today here on uh, 103.5 FM, newhavenindependent.org. You got Love Babs Love Talk coming up here at 9 o'clock. And uh, Tom Ficklin Show is 11. Behind the Brand, Behind the Brand and Prestige Easy Blues. They're coming on at 1 o'clock. And then at 2 to 5, La Voz Radio takes over the airwaves. La Voz Radio takes over the airwaves today. For four two five. Oh my goodness. All I want for Christmas is my two front teeth. Figgy pudding spam. Ugh. You know, every year this my, my daughter and I are into these um alternative off brands, you know, like when they try to combine cereals or they have this offshoot of a cereal, like you know, they, you know, they got, and, you know, they don't call it Aunt Jemima no more, but it was like Aunt Jemima Frosted Flakes or something. We're all into that. But would you eat figgy pudding spam? When Hormel introduced a pumpkin spice pam before the 2019 holiday season, 
Everyone thought it couldn't get any stranger than that. Well, you were wrong. And just in time for Christmas, Hormel is out with a limited edition Figgy Pudding Spam. The iconic can from the brand says, yes, the variety features cinnamon, nutmeg, ginger, allspice, and cloves, along with popular winter flavor profiles like fig and orange flavors. Insist that the Spam Figgy Pudding will evoke a sense of nostalgia and warmth, taking customers back to their favorite memories from the holidays. Or maybe not. I don't think that that's really going to, you know, I, I get it. When you go to the stores and they're playing Christmas music and they got the scents out there, they're all going to try to get, you know, they're trying to get you to, to get, you know, tap into your emotions. To that last time you smelt that pine cone, to the last time you heard Mariah Carey, <laughs> all I want for Christmas is you, you know, but fi- I don't even eat figgy pudding, but why would you even try to put it into a ham? Uh, that's just that's just weird it's like that like putting apples in your potato salad i i just can't go for that i don't care if you're looking for some crunch there should be no crunch in a potato salad or macaroni salad so i I don't understand why you're trying to put you know mix veggies and fruits like that it's not a salad salad then i don't understand why they would put this i wouldn't eat it i wouldn't eat it disgusting let me know if you you would eat it um, I'll order you some for Christmas. My gift to you. There's a mailbox warning. The U.S. Postal Service has a warning to anyone planning to send holiday cards or gifts to family and friends this year. Do not drop them in the blue mailboxes. Then where should I? What? The department says reports of mail thefts have been on the rise and tend to peak during the holiday season. The majority of these thieves involve reaching into blue mailboxes. The post office advises people to handle their cars and packages directly to their postal carrier or drop it all in the box at the post office. If you no longer, if you have no other choice but to put it in the blue mailbox, try to do it right before the last collection of the day. Leaving it in the box overnight is a bad idea. Um, I, I don't even know where to find a mailbox in New Haven, to be honest with you. I, I thought they all disappeared. I, I, there used to be mailboxes on every corner, but even the ones that are there now, the, here in New Haven, at least, there's a small slit. I don't see people putting their arms down that slit to g- grab anything out. But it's always good if you still use the mail to send things to people. If you don't uh, just directly, uh, you know, email the uh, gift cards to them, then please be careful. It is robbing season. It is hoodie season. It is very unfortunate at this time of year. People get very, very desperate. Very desperate. It seems like all the scams come out this time of year. There's all kinds of scams and and all kinds of things that just bad things happen during the holiday season when money's involved and people know about it. I mean, I know there's been instances where even if you you send your mail and then years later they find a box full of toys somewhere else. So there's always something going wrong with the mailing system. Plus, if you send something, they might not get it till next year. So there's always a delay with the mail this time of year. I don't know how trustworthy it is. I guess, you know, if you order an Amazon card, just have it delivered right to the house, right from Amazon. You don't even have to leave uh, leave your house. Uh, the other day, my wife was was on her phone. My, my wife was on her phone the other day. And she went and 
all of a sudden she started fighting the phone and the phone like hit her right in the face hit her right in the face um which which is not a bad time but a survey found that the average person drops their phone at least four times a week look i've seen people with four or five phones and i don't know how they can still wipe their finger on the screen because the screen is so cracked up they got four phones and all of them don't even have a decent decent screen on them because they drop it so much they like and then they got bloody fingertips <laughs> they wonder why they got bloody fingertips but according to the survey people have dropped their phones in some unfortunate places including a porta potty a sewer and a bowl of soup i will take number three please that that one is uh maybe fixable the other two uh is just a wash um my son ha- has a bad habit of taking the phone everywhere with him he's only four year old i'm not going to get mad at him but he better he better not be taking that phone into the bathroom because i'm not fishing anything out i drop the phone on my face while i'm right <laughs> at three o'clock in the morning when i'm reading reddit the phone hits my face at least four or five times <laughs> i wish it was like you know the little neck thing that you can wear that holds the phone in place i wish i had one of those so that i wouldn't have to use my fingers to actually you know hold the phone up because man if, if if you see sometimes in the morning when you see me i got like a little bump on one of my lips or you see a little welt mark on my face and that's from the phone directly falling on my face i don't know how my wife did it but she was looking at the phone while sitting up and she still fumbled the phone and the phone still somehow busted her lip <laughs> so <laughs> i could see this happening if you have butter fingers and if you have some butter if your fingers are that buttery put them to some good use that's what i gotta say might not be holding a phone man and check this out the brooklyn public library has been checking out books to new yorkers since 1896 in a massive collection of almost 3 million physical and digital items. Shout out to Mike Moran over here at the Barnaby Library. He, he, he schooled me on everything as a librarian. Um, recently, workers studied data that figured out the books have been borrowed the most in the library's 125-year history. Okay? At the top of the list is the 1963 children's book, Where the Wild Things Are by Maurice Sendak. Where the wild things are is my favorite. I will read that to my son every night if I if I if he would let me because he wants other books. That's my favorite books. The other ones are behind. Behind this one is the Snowy Day by Ezra Jack Keats, the Cat in a Hat by Dr. Seuss, a Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens, and Are You My Mother by P. D. Eastman. Wow, those are great books. I mean, those are classics. Um, I, what can I say? The cat in the hat, you know, as 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 racist as um, I, people are telling me now that Dr. Seuss was is is a classic. Um, in a Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens, let me tell you, uh, uh, to this day I still feel still full. You know, my heart goes out to the little kid on the crutch, uh, little Willie, uh, that was in the Charles Dickens, and I think my favorite Charles Dickens redent, redent, you know, uh, cover was Muppets. The Muppets Christmas Carol, probably the best way that it was ever covered, but a Christmas Carol nonetheless. I wonder what the, the number one book at the New Haven Library would be. Um, <laughs> what's your guess? What is the number one book that was uh, was borrowed at the New Haven Library? Um, 
You know, it, it, I just I can't imagine what that would be. It'd be an interesting uh, phone call or research. Um, you know, they don't got nothing else to do over there anyway. So anyway, um, something's afoot in Houston. A woman named Tanya Herbert has firmly planted herself, or at least her feet, in the record books. The six-foot, nine-inch woman. Oh, I like them bigums. Good Lord was recently awarded the Guinness Book of Wars record for having the largest feet. I am not a foot guy. I apologize or if you're up or this morning and you're not a foot person, that is, <laughs> this is not your story. Please, please turn, oh, don't, don't turn away. Anyway, her feet, approximately 13 inches long and she wears a woman's size 18 shoe or sometimes a man's 16 or 17 Good Lord. You know what they say about a woman with big feet? Uh, actually, I don't know. But if you do, <laughs> please tell me. <laughs> I, don't, I wouldn't know where to begin. That is, man, you're talking about, you know, I complain about rubbing my wife's feet. And she wears like a size five. My wife wears like children's. I can only imagine with this, you know, living with this young lady and her telling me, hey, honey, can you rub my feet? I was like, good Lord. I'm going to have to use a massage gun on that thing. I'm not going to. There's no way in the world that she's even going to feel my little thumbs on that big old foot. <laughs> no way in the world. She'll be like, are you are you down there? I'll be like, I've been down here for half an hour working on these things. She won't even know I'm there. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, the question that someone, the question is, you know, what is, where is the most unfortunate place you dropped your phone? Where? Tell me, tell a friend today, go to the, go to the, go over there and, and tell somebody where you dropped your phone. Oh my goodness. All right. So this is the weekend we're coming out. Uh, th this weekend is going to be full of a lot of activities, a lot of activities this weekend. I know that, uh, uh, the one Oh six golf street between, uh, four and nine, you're going to be able to pick up a meal on Sunday, one Oh six golf street. If you want to go out there, pick up a meal, uh, there are plenty of clothes and hat drives happening in the city. And if you want to volunteer, find somewhere to volunteer on Thanksgiving. There are plenty of soup kitchens and you know, commercial ventures, restaurants that are giving out food. Find out how you can help. I know that people are, there's organizations that are looking for meals, side dishes. Get involved, get involved, get involved. It is going to be a great, great weekend. And you know what? I'm always a big promonent, proponent of giving back to your community in any way possible. And what better than this time of year? What better than this time of year? We're ending the show on a big high note. We're done here. If you ever want to see me in person, I will be at the Schubert Theater on November 26th, Saturday. I'm hosting the We Outside Tour. I'll be there with Bill Bellamy, Ryan Davis, and Tony Rock. It's going to be a very, very special night. So if you got it, you got an opportunity, get out there and please visit me there. Uh, throughout the week, we are going to be doing a lot, a lot of stuff. These are my last episodes here on Good Morning. As you can tell, Good Morning is almost over. It's just me. And let me tell you, they say that it couldn't be done, that I could not talk for two hours, that I can, that, it, it, that, you know, not even, you know, I can even tell that no one believed in me because not even Harry Drosk was like, yeah, let me help this guy. No, 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 no. They wanted to see if I can do two hours by myself and actually keep it interesting. Um, 
and I think I failed because <laughs> I, I I'm tired of hearing my own voice <laughs> when you're talking about. I'm tired of hearing my own voice. It is almost eight o'clock, and this has this has been good morning as um as Italian, or, or you know as I end this, I do feel kind of sad, kind of sad. I will admit, I do feel kind of sad. Um, we're ending our ride here. Thank you, Tilly and Taylor, uh, for helping me out uh, this morning with all the fact-checking and all that good stuff. Harry Dross. Harry Dross with the rolling R. Harito. Thank you very much. Uh, he's our programming director. Everyone out there for listening, um, and, and, you know, especially my wife, my, my, my number one fan, my wife and my only listener uh, that I feel that actually is out there. This has been Good Morning on 103.5 FM, WNHH, New Haven Independent.org, your home for community radio. I will be back Monday morning for some of the last rides, last rides, starting Monday morning. Our last job is Wednesday. I'm out. This has been Good Morning. Good morning, Layla. Time to get it going. La Voz Hispana is going to make their money now. Let's go, let's go, let's go. You guys have a great day.